This episode of a Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Florida, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout Podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. want to welcome back to the podcast longtime basketball coach and current owner of Savvy Performance, Coach Tyler Costin. Coach, welcome back. It's good to be back. It feels like, you know, a second home, but the sheets are always clean, so it's good to be here. <laughs> I'm glad you feel comfortable, and it's always great to have you on, so I appreciate you answering the call when I hit you up earlier this week here. Okay, so uh, I know most, if not all of us as coaches, you know, we would say that we're in the business of player development. And there are some out there who are still finishing up their season. So um, this may not be specifically on those coaches' minds yet, but I know for a lot of us, we're already kind of transitioning our minds to that off-season player development mode. Uh, Tyler, the the topic alone, just player development, that could be a lot of things to a lot of coaches. Um, what general advice, maybe some suggestions, would you give to coaches regarding maximizing their off-season player development programs? Yeah, that's a, it's a it, it is a complex and uh, issue, and it has a lot of different definitions. Um, I think three specific things that every coach has to decide for themselves. Um, the first is: Are you truly going to have an off season? And I know that seems obvious, like yes, we are. Um, but in my experience, the pros or the best players in the world treat their off season very differently than the amateur players or the less experienced players like uh, a lower level player or even like most high school programs i actually don't think act even have an off season and pros there they have a very drastically different off season so for example when a, a pro goes into their off season one they take a break. <laughs> they actually have a break and they take a rest and they really decompress and they actually step away from the game. Uh, whereas a lot of times, if we look at a high school player, a high school player will go right from their high school season, then go right into a, a club or an AAU team and go right into playing more games there with very little rest and break. The second thing that a pro will do is they will completely flip it. Whereas like a pro is playing the majority games and training their individual skills or practicing the minority of the time. And that's one of the most shocking things to me when I look at a, a pro schedule is how little practice time they have. Um, and then when, so it might be like 80, 20 games to training uh, for a pro in season. Well, then when they go off season, they flip it the other way. They go 80% just training and development and building up their body and educating themselves or developing a skill set. And they play very few games, um, whereas an amateur or a high school team and even a lot of college uh, players, they'll just play games, play games, play games, play games. So it really doesn't look that different. And then the third thing that I think, you know, is general advice for off-season development is it's really important to 
make mistakes and not be in performance mode because that's when you grow. And a lot of people don't really actually switch their mindset. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a memory of this back when I was still a competing in college player. Um, I played my college basketball in Canada. It'd probably be comparable to like a good division two level, maybe low level division one. That's the level that I played at. But I had a, a friend that was playing at Oregon. Um, he ended up playing in the NBA, a guy by the name of Luke Ridenauer. And so we came back in the summertime and we would train together. And I remember we went into an open gym and we were on opposite teams. We're guarding each other. We knew known each other for a long time. So we love to compete against each other. And I was having a ton of success against him. And he had always beat me all through high school, all through our first couple of years of college, just always dominated me. But I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm beating him and my team's winning. And so afterwards I was talking a little trash to him. He's like, Tyler, didn't you see what I was doing? I said, no, what were you doing? He's like, he's like, Tyler, I only use my left hand this entire day. I was like, oh, oh my goodness, you were. He's like, he's like, Tyler, I don't come here to like, you know, do what I'm good at. He's like, I could beat you guys whenever I want. And I was like, thanks, Luke. Um, he's like, he's like, I come here to get better at something. And like that, my, that was like a pro mindset. I'd never even considered it before because I just went there to do my thing and win. Pros approach the offseason differently. They're not trying out the, to go out there and perform and show off their stuff. They're, they're willing to embrace their weaknesses, um, make mistakes, try new things, and not just in the privacy of an individual workout, but like when they actually do get to get in games. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you really, if any coach really wants to teach their players or develop a system, I think those would be three pieces of general advice that would be more principled approaches. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, what have you seen with, with those within your experience? No, I think, uh, you didn't put them in these terms. You know, I really encourage players to really like double down on their strengths, but obviously the weaknesses, they can't be, um, to like your detriment. And so that idea of working on those things that, you know, I'm assuming we're not spending so much time on those things that, you know, we don't improve our strengths. I think that's a, yeah. that's a big, like, no, no, but to your point, the off season is the time to like experiment and, um, and grow and like really push yourself. And that doesn't, I think we're, we're mostly all on the same boat now, but that doesn't come by just playing games all the time. I'm not going out and just playing pickup. Right. And the number of touches you get playing within those games and what are you actually working on? Like that's not really making you, you better. And so it's that balance of uh, actually repping game like things but also not just, well, that just means I need to play all the time um, mm -hmm. because you're not actually, actually really improving. So, no, I think those are great. And, you know, those, those three alone probably could be uh, worth the cost of admission. But what Tyler does a great job of is really giving you, like, some actionable steps. And so putting together here kind of a, a list of 10 mistakes to avoid this off seasons, off season. And if you haven't already, coaches, I would strongly encourage you to pause this and to go grab a pen and paper. And now that they've done that, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and start working your way through these 10 mistakes to avoid this offseason. Perfect. So now we're speaking to you, Coach. Like These are 10 mistakes that I've observed coaches at all levels make when building, designing, or planning their offseason. And if, if you can avoid one of these, 
you know, chances are you're not making all 10, but if you can avoid one of these or, or kind of turn the dials on two or three of these, then your offseason becomes more efficient. Your players get better. Um, and, and that's, that's the goal. So here's number one. Um, first mistake, having all your players do the same thing. Um, here's our off-season weight program. Here's our off-season shooting challenge. And you just roll it out to all players. Each player is so unique and different. And if everyone's doing the same thing, you're actually taking away what makes them good, which is their unique skill set. You're bringing everyone here into one player. And the way that you can help each player like you said, Tony, double down on their strengths, become great at what they're good at, is to primarily identify what is the strength of that player. And let's build the majority of their offseason development on doubling down on that strength. Hmm. For example, um, I'm working with a, a high school girl right now who's being offered by Power Five schools. She hasn't decided where she's going yet. She's six foot four, um, strong. Uh, understands the game, has great touch, and can shoot the ball from three. That's that's a, that's a nearly a unicorn in, in the women's game. Um, but she only gets off two to three threes a game in her high school game. But, like, she can shoot. That's a strength. But she's only getting off two to three. So, like, she needs to become great at what she's good at. And so it's not like, okay, let's go and tweak your form or, you know, shoot a thousand, you know, off the catch threes. It's like, we need to train gets. How do you get eight to ten threes off per game? Um, out of what actions, out of what transition, out of your reads, like everything around that. We can build an entire off-season development program just on her getting six to seven more threes per game. That's what it means. Now, if we have every player doing the same thing, she's going to be there working on her ball handling, working on her one-hand passing, right? That's not where she's going to get the greatest leverage. And I'm actually limiting my team if I have her doing that. And I just don't put her, you know, working on step-ups and pops and go screen action and, you know, you know, transition sprint shots, you know, behind the, the ball handler. So that's what don't have all your players do the same thing means specifically, tweak it so that each player can be able to become great at what they're good at. Yeah, that's good. I think as you work your way up coaches, um, I had this conversation even with my players about a week ago, I didn't recruit five basketball players. I recruited one guy to do this and one guy to do this and one guy to do this. And um, I, I think probably maybe the lower you go, the lower level you go age wise, maybe you can get away with kind of doing more of the same. Um, but yeah, as you get as you get up there, it becomes more and more specialized. And um, if you're all doing the same things, you're probably that's going to come back to to harm you, like your program overall. And uh, so having I think that big picture in mind of where you're wanting the program to go, okay, for us to be able to accomplish this, the individual parts have to do certain things. Yeah, well said. All right, mistake number two to maybe evaluate, coach, like. Am I doing this? How can I avoid this? Or how do I need to tweak this? Uh, would be training too many things. It's like you're trying to chop down a tree and you never hit the same spot on the trunk with the ax. You're just like all different spots. It's going to take you a long time to get that tree chopped down. The only way to chop down a tree is hit the same spot over and over and over again. That's, you know, that's what chopping wood is. And so often... And honestly, if I could even flip the script and talk to trainers for a moment, 
you know, so often you want to keep it fresh or you want to keep your client coming back and paying you money that you're like, oh, here's this new move. We're going to do this new move. We're going to do this new move. Um, and when you train too many things, you actually don't see significant traction and improvement on anything. And so dial in and it really supports, you know, point number one, point number one is identify the thing. Point number two is at the expense of other things. Mm-hmm. Let's continue to just get better at this. And I, and I think the other, the other aspect is, you know, coaches oftentimes might train other things because they run out of things to teach on the one thing. And the, the biggest difference I've seen between pros and, and the best trainers that train pros and amateurs and amateur trainers is pros don't get bored and pro trainers don't give up. <laughs> you know, when something gets um, repetitive, when something gets frustrating, when, you know, yeah. So just keep digging deeper on that one, on that one thing would be mistake number two to avoid. I've never heard a coach say, man, I need a jack of all trades, a master of none. <laughs> I just never heard that. I will say this though. I think that we've done kids a disservice because what they see on the highlights are guys like LeBron James, who they do do everything, but those guys are unicorns, man. Yes. The majority of people who are sticking in the league or playing at the college level to point number one, like they are great at yes. something. Yeah, absolutely. I got to spend a little time with JJ Redick at his camp years ago. And I remember he shared this and I'll, I'll paraphrase it for the sake of time. He said, I got recruited to Duke for one thing because I was the best off the catch shooter in the country. That was it. And then I made the NBA because I could do two things. I could shoot off the dribble. I developed that in my time at Duke. But then I wasn't even going to stick in the league. My only chance at sticking in the league and getting a second contract was I could do a third thing. I became a good team defender. I just never made a mistake. I was always in the right position. And Mm -hmm. I became a great team defender and reliable. So I got a second contract and had a long career. Um, And that's the path to development is one then add another one and then add another one. Like you add strengths. The path to development isn't start out with 20 strengths. And, and that's what it means by train too many things. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um, number three, lack of teaching. And here's an example. There's a lot of high school programs and I primarily work with high school coaches and high school programs and, you know, help them create their office development plan or tweak their system or develop culture, whatever. And, what I've observed a lot in high school programs is a, an off-season goal like this. We as a team are going to make X amount of shots, right? Or we're going to make thousand, how many thousand shots or whatnot. And so then it's just like, did we make these shots or did we not? Doesn't go into any teaching about off of what type of footwork, how we can shoot with more speed, if we can shoot off of actions, um, if there's shots with pressure, whatever. There, there, there's just no teaching. It's like, did we do it? Or, oh, this offseason we got in 100 games, right? Just assuming that activity equals achievement, which it absolutely doesn't. And the mistake would be, you know, players are in the gym. The mistake would be players are moving and sweating and touching the ball, and you assume that they develop. Whereas we as coaches have to take responsibility and we got to become better teachers, got to become better teachers. And if you just think that getting players to the gym is going to make them better, then you're going to lose to a coach that goes out and finds the absolute best teaching and actually improves technique or improves reads or adds a more games approach to their training. 
a lack of teaching uh, is a mistake in the offseason. I think I heard maybe like a PGC clinic one time was something yeah. to the effect of when you're in there getting those reps, if they're wrong reps, you're repping the wrong thing. And I think that too many coaches, to your point, we just want them to get in 10,000 shots because that's at least better than nothing. Right. But then what are they ripping on those 10,000 shots? Yeah. No, you're, you're bang on. Diana Taurasi said this one time. She said, you never stay the same as a basketball player. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. Yep. Like when you go to the gym, like you don't stay the same. You're, you're going to go up or down. And unfortunately, a lot of players actually get worse because of what they're repping, like you said. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. An assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, lineup data, VPS, and, of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, assist brings your stats to life. Combined with the HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to find out more. All right, next one. Uh, no one-on-one -on -one conversation beforehand. So, you know, the, a lot of this is semantics, Coach, but I know that we all would like our players to be more motivated to get in the gym on their own. We all want that. We all want that. Now, motivation, I actually don't think that it's our job or even that we have the ability as a coach to motivate a player. Um, I, I personally believe that motivation is internal. And again, it's just semantics. Now, obviously, we can help grow motivation. We can challenge. We can um, keep them accountable. But motivation, I believe, is internal. And so one thing that I think you can do to build motivation in a player, to facilitate greater motivation, is to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with each of your players prior to the offseason. And in that one-on-one -on -one conversation, I think there's, there's three things that can happen. And most coaches don't have it. They just say, here, team, is what we are doing. Three things. One, strength, stretch, and measure. In that one-on-one -on -one conversation, you I think you need to tell them, here is your strength as I see it. I was in the gym last night with a bunch of my high school girls, and I went around and asked each of them, okay, what do you think is the strength of your game? And it was unbelievable to me. None of them actually shared what I thought was the strength <laughs> of their game. That's a problem. That's If your players think that they're bringing you know, A to the table, but you want B as a coach, you're going to be frustrated, and so are they. They're not going to get the playing time and the rewards that they want. And you're not going to get the, the performance that you want. So like these one-on-one -on -one conversations are essential in the off seasons when you can align. Right. So, so one, you got to say, here's what I see as your strength. And it's also going to help them get to where they want to go. If they want to continue to progress Two, here's what I want you to stretch into. And, and this is where like, you might agree on the strength, but very rarely do coaches and players without this conversation agree on the stretch what they need to get better at because now we have infinite possibilities. Um, and most of the time players are, are eyeing something that is very different than what you're eyeing for them. So strength and stretch got to align. Otherwise we're going to be fighting each other and pulling in opposite directions all off season. 
And then lastly, like measure it because you can only improve that which you measure. And here's a real simple way to measure it because I was like, oh, how do we have objective measurements here? What are these tests? What are these metrics? Whatever. Here's a real simple way to, to measure it. And it is subjective, but you're the coach. You just tell them where they're at on a scale of one to four in your team. So on your strength, let's say their strength is um, off the catch uh, shooting three-pointers. Okay, that's their strength. That's what they're bringing to the table. Okay, you give them a, a rating of one to four. Four is the gold standard. You can only have one four on your team. They're the best in your opinion, right? A three would be they're above average. Two would be that they're slightly below average. They're approaching average. One would be like, you got to improve on this thing, right? And I'm like, hey, your strength is off the catch three-point shooting. And you're the gold standard for us, four. So we got to get you more shots this summer. Right. Your stretch is going to be uh, your your ability to to put the ball on the deck and get to the paint. We got yeah, And right now, honestly, you're a two. You're below average on that. You scare me when you do that. Yeah. Right. Well, just you giving numbers to it. Everyone, when they get rated. Right. They're like, oh, I want to improve that thing. Whereas if you don't even put a number to it. They're like, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at that. I'm mm -hmm. not that motivated by it. Right. So like strength, stretch and measure one on one with everybody um, will get more, will help them develop more internal motivation to actually go and level up. Yeah, I like that. I think the um, too often, at least with my players, like the measurable component of it, we're like, you know, next season we want to see improvement in your percentage or what. And that can almost be like so long term that yep. they don't really see any um, immediate. They don't get immediate feedback that I think like grows that motivation good um so yeah I, I like that idea a lot that's cool uh, all right five <laughs> mistake for for off season or as we're talking more like individual skill uh, uh development here is it's not action based it's not action based you know so often we're working on a dribble move we're working on finishing you know we're working off you know shooting um so often it's just in space imaginary or like in a one-on-one -on -one isolation type of a development. Whereas that's not what happens most in real games. Hmm. What happens most in real games is it happens off of some sort of an action. If we're defining an action as like a two or three player um, interaction that would involve, you know, a screen or a ghost screen or a handoff or, a, you know, a dribble post up or whatever. Um, if you can just take any, of the dribble moves you're working on, finishing moves you're working on, shooting footwork that you're working on, passing that you're working on, any specifically offensive skill set here, and then just put it into the action that that player will be involved in the most, it'll transfer more. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we a lot of times get frustrated as coaches. We're like, oh, my gosh, this kid's been in the gym shooting, you know, so much, but it's not translating to games. Well, you know, we talk about game shots from game shots to game speed. And yeah, that's good. But, but how do we get more specific in that and more specific in that is putting them in actions. Cause these are patterns that then they visually see and get comfortable in and movements running, turning back pedaling that they, their body has to get balanced in. And the more you can do it out of th these actions, the better they're going to be. So I'll give you a real specific example for me and what we do with our teams. We've got a, a an offensive role called a lock. And their job is to lock down the corner and transition and then play out of that corner um, to initiate our offense in action. So one of the actions that our locks are in a lot are zooms. A zoom is like a get. It's just where you sprint into a handoff off of a live, live ball, not off of a dribble. You sprint into a zoom. So anyone that's going to be a lock for us, 
they're going to be in Zoom actions a lot. So we work on zooming into shots off the catch, zooming into shots off the dribble, zooming into finishes and hunts. But like we just kind of have them come off of that zoom into anything that we want to work on. And if you can, if you can incorporate actions prior to the skill or in, into the skill, I think players will get a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I think the context is the thing that's missing for most players. When they say it's not translating, what you're actually saying is my player possesses skills, but they do not understand the context in which to use those skills. And mm-hmm. so that's just my number one uh, encouragement for coaches uh, in the off season. I know that sometimes you have one kid show up for a workout. Sometimes you have two, sometimes you have five, sometimes you have six. I don't think mm-hmm. that you always need to have um, somebody like we're most of us are still young enough. We could get out there and hand off to a kid and be the first person in that zoom action. But the day that you do have five or six kids show up, like play three on three, yeah. um, you know, play two on, you know, two on one or whatever, just so that they can add the context. And I also think that actually mixing it up and not doing it the same way all the time. So yeah. don't have defenders out there one day, yeah. only have one this day, play with all three the next day that will help grow their context. Yep. So good. Agreed. We could, we could spend forever diving into that one specifically, Uh, but I guess I'll, I'll keep rocking. And, and, you know, this might be a good time that, you know, Tony is an amazing resource for all these small sided games and additional teaching tools. I would love to be a resource to, you can find me on Twitter primarily at Tyler Costin Uh, DM me. This is what I do. And coaches like, I like these ideas. But as we all know, coaches, like when you try to apply the ideas, you run into obstacles, especially when you do it for the first time. And so you see like, so how exactly would you do that again in my context? And it just takes a conversation for that, as as Tony knows. And so if if you want to have that conversation with me, just hit me up on Twitter, DM me. You'll you'll see a bunch of options for that. But that's what I love doing is just help coaches talk through application of these concepts. 